Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality, and we're so glad you're here. This is a viewer and listener supported podcast, so we greatly appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure and like, share, and subscribe to any of the social media content platforms that you're using. And then if you go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, you can make a one-time donation or with a monthly subscription, you'll gain access to our bonus content. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. We are so excited today to have Jake Wells with us. We're doing an interview with Jake and thanks Jake for coming on board with us at Spirituality Adventures. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. My my videographer, Matt Cox, said, hey, you need to reach out to Jake Wells. And of course, I have, you know, I, I know about the voice, but it's mm. it's not something that I've like followed a whole, whole bunch. But um, anyway, so then I said, well, yeah. So I started I started doing the research on you and listening to your music and trying to get a hold of all your discography and all that kind of stuff. And so, so, so much fun. I've thoroughly enjoyed your music. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. I, I yeah, I don't watch the voice either. So it's definitely okay. It's definitely well, okay. Anyway, you know, I knew some of the main players and I've, <laughs> I've watched it enough to, to know what it's about, but at any rate. Um, yeah. So we were talking upstairs and you said you, you really enjoyed the research part and I'm, I'm very curious what, what was uncovered. Well, it's a little tricky. Like you, there, I didn't get a lot, but here, let's talk about your background first. How's okay. that? Um, yeah. You're, let's talk about like where you were born, your growing up years, mm -hmm. kind of um, sound like you had a crazy musical family. Tell, tell us a little bit about your, just give us a peek. Cause a lot of our viewers, certainly they know the voice, but they, and I, I mentioned you to a bunch of my people who I thought would watch the voice and Oh, oh yeah, I remember him. You know, so anyway, so some of our people are going to know you. Some people don't. They will not. And uh, yeah. they don't know the back. They don't know your backstory either and how you got into music. Yeah, I think my backstory is is very, very interesting, you know, at the least. I grew up in Florida. I was born in Pensacola, Florida in the Panhandle. Um, and I was born the third child of what became five. Um, so I'm in the middle of five kids. Um and I grew up brothers, sisters, both. I have two brothers and two sisters. Oh, so I kind of, wow. it's actually really cool because I, I had the experience to be an older brother to a sister and a brother and a, and a younger brother to a sister and a brother. Interesting. So I feel like the dynamic of interpersonal familial sort of structures was the whole gambit was kind of reached in that way. Um, I grew up in like, the way that I put it in the past has been like an extremist sect of Christianity. Um, one that you'll be very familiar with. So I was a, um, independent fundamental Bible believing Baptist. Yes. Is that right? Mm. I know that world. You know, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we both, when you were speaking upstairs and you're like, does this, do these words mean yeah, anything? Right. like, <laughs> no, I, I know it all too well, right? <laughs> only uh, I I only don't know the ones that I've worked very hard to forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy crud! Um, so I grew up I grew up in the church, man, and I both of my grandparents are uh, were Baptist, you know, preachers, and um, 
started churches. My dad was um, music director, you know, uh, at churches at multiple places. And yeah, so I grew up in the church. Um, my family is all very musical. My dad has a master's degree in vocal performance, and that was really specifically geared towards um, church, hmm. like geared towards the church world. Yeah. And so when I was like six or seven years old, my my family started, um, we would sing gospel music in the church and then we would go to like nursing homes and sing in the nursing homes and really cute kind of, you know, like this young family that's all has beautiful voices and can harmonize together. And we would go and sing hymns um, in these nursing homes and then at one point, my dad, my parents decided that um, the Lord had called him to uh, evangelize. And so we bought a, um, we, my dad bought a tour bus and my family toured around the country singing gospel music in Baptist churches for, you know, nearly six years. So that was from, you know, like eight to 13. Yeah. Are you? I just like you talking like Bill Gaither gospel kind of stuff. You exactly talking, like that. Exactly like that. Yes. <laughs> okay. That. <laughs> My dad, who is 86 right now, and he he loves Elvis Presley, Johnny mm -hmm. Cash mm -hmm. and old gospel music, you mm -hmm. know, like the quartet, the old style gospel court. So I grew up listening to Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, Elvis and, old and then, gospel. you know, like old gospel quartet stuff so anyway it's my dude that's my child like bill gaither <clears throat> the gaither vocal band that's my childhood that, okay. those are my roots musically yeah um so it was weird we were i was on a tour bus from like 8 to 13 ish and um wild really really wild you know the implications of like what that brings is is insane and we can get into that but from there. Yeah, because you don't think about gospel tour buses being wild. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I don't mean it like that. You, know, but... you guys bring the jack out at night and you know, <laughs> <laughs> not <just> quite. <laughs> not quite, man. Uh, all right. But um after after that, my my dad was invited to help start a church here in Kansas City, um, downtown in uh two thousand and eight. And so we moved to Kansas City, got off the road. And, um, and kind of dived into this, to this church. Um, the, I guess the full synopsis is dad started a church in Kansas city as a music person. Um, we do that for a few years. My mom gets very ill. Um, a lot of financial pressure and stress some breakdown happens at the church between my dad and the head pastor. Um, my dad is everything but forced to resign. Um, you know, and so my dad resigns while my mom is sick, you know, and he's working at like Chipotle at this point just to try to pay bills. Mm. So we moved to Colorado uh, so my mom can be closer to her twin because we were under the impression she was you know, very liable to, to pass away. And so the idea was, you know, get her kind of closer to 
her twin sister. We moved to Colorado. The whole family, all all five siblings. No, the older two siblings stayed behind okay. at that time. So, which was which was really weird for me because I I went from being the middle the middle child to being kind of the oldest in the house, hmm. and we went from classic suburban home, you know, musical home with all these instruments and things that I you know really gave a lot of identity and a lot of outlet for me kind of like evaporated and I found myself in a trailer park, you know, in Colorado, you know, in some like cow town in Colorado. Hmm. <laughs> which, which, where did you move to in Colorado? Greeley. Greeley. Okay. Sorry. Greeley. I'm a huge, like, that's my favorite. That's my go-to state for retreats. I love the mm-hmm. high mountains. I, mm-hmm. I still mountain bike and rock climb and all that kind of stuff. So I have lots of, uh, lots of history in that state and it's such a beautiful it's such a beautiful place um you know so Greeley's on the eastern front for those of you don't know and uh not too far away from uh Fort Collins Colorado 45 minutes yeah little north of Denver yep so yeah yep I uh, so um yeah I guess I guess just and I'll I'll speed it up so the whole synopsis is basically you know we moved to Colorado my dad, you know, we're, we're trying to make it work, money. I finish high school, study a year in, in, in Colorado at the University of Northern Colorado. I studied music composition, music technology with a minor in philosophy. Um, nice. I, yeah, upset, <laughs> yeah. And um, after two semesters, I realized that was probably a terrible use of my like financial, you know, like probably a terrible like financial decision for myself. And so I dropped out. I moved to Fort Collins, worked for a couple of years, realized that I was not interested in the, in the, what I was doing. You know, I was like serving in restaurants, um, managed a deli mm. and kind of just found myself like, shit, like, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like making money, more money than I need. So I'm like buying drugs and alcohol and like just like going nuts at like 19 years off old. the rails yeah man just exploring everything so i did that twice in my life and um, <laughs> once when i was young once recently so yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah and um and i was like this isn't working for this isn't working something i've got bigger things to do than this i can feel that and so i kind of sold like 70 percent of everything that i owned and you know just gave away a lot of my shit and um took a guitar and my dog and me and my little brother went hitchhiking we hitchhiked for a couple months um from fort collins we did the whole west coast and then back and wild kind of adventure and then when i came back man this is like uh you remember into the wild yeah 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 Yeah. Um, super tramp what is it yeah alexander super tramp right yeah chris i think his last name what mccandless yes Chris, am I getting that name right? Anyway, I've read the, yeah. Yeah. Into the wild. Uh, Eddie Vedder did the whole soundtrack yep. on that movie. It was so amazing. good. Good so stuff. Good. I know. It's one of my favorite Dude, movie Eddie soundtrack yeah, tracks yeah. of all time. Um, yeah. Eddie Vedder's voice is so, so you're so hitchhiking. Cool. Like hitchhiking. You, did, how you went the east, West coast. Mm-hmm. And did you come? Did yeah. You did the back? whole one one Yeah. So from Fort Collins, we went North and then, uh, Portland and Seattle, then, all the way up to Westport, Washington, which is the top Northwest corner of the United States. And then down the whole 101 um, to Los Angeles and then 
kind of back up a different route. You know, we wanted to see different things, but, but back up and eventually, um, back to Fort Collins. Yeah. Did you keep a journal? Um, um, I had the intention to, in the, uh, <laughs> my brother bought me a journal, dude, and he buys it for the trip. And in the middle, he writes this like beautiful, you know, like letter to me. And it was really special. And I was like, okay, I'm going to journal every day. And the very first entry on the journal is, I think I've made a terrible mistake. Um, cause it took us like five hours to get our first ride. And we got like 20 miles North, found ourselves in a rest stop in like Cheyenne with no, we're like, oh shit. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, I think I've made a huge mistake. Oh wow. And then by the end of the second day, we were we were we were moving along. There you go. <laughs> but no, I didn't wow. journal every day. I tried to. I should crazy. There were some really interesting moments, but that. um yeah, so I hitchhiked. That's that's really where I I found my my voice as a as a vocalist and as a songwriter. Um, and as a musician, I think in general was on that trip. Um, I, I lost a lot of the, I lost a lot of the fear around being seen and being heard on that trip. Hmm. Um, you know, because I brought the guitar as a way to busk and make money so that I could buy food and the experience of being hungry and having like one method of making money and that being music, like all of this fear around singing or being perceived as like being judged or whatever, just kind of like flew out the window. And I was like, no, I'm going to sing. You're going to listen. And I hope you give me a buck, you know? And so, so you're like live on the corner somewhere. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're doing with a hat out? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. And, um, yeah. And so we, we, we did that, got back to Fort Collins, kind of fell in a slump, a big slump after I got back. It was weird. I, I went from like managing this grocery store at like 19 to being back at, you know, being 20 years old. And I felt like I didn't have a place in society. I couldn't figure out what I was doing. I couldn't figure out what was going on. You know, I, I, I felt like I had just lived with a bunch of homeless people for like a couple months and my ability to, like, it kind of messed up my ability to feel like a contribution, to feel valuable, especially in the workplace. Hmm. So I was, I kind of fell into a rut big time. Were you back home? This was in Fort Collins. No, Fort Collins. Back yeah. in Fort Collins. Yeah, I love Fort Collins. Beautiful place. I love that city. I've mountain biked all around there. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Cool beautiful place. canyons. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. yeah. Horseshoe, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Horse tooth. Horse yeah. tooth. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Thank you. And, um, yeah. And so I, there was this moment where I was like, man, I've, I, the whole reason that I went hitchhiking was to try to be like, I need something new. I I'm, I'm here to do something bigger than working for money for giving my time to someone else. And that's it. Like I need to do something bigger. And so I, I realized that I needed a, I needed a, a change again. And so I moved from Fort Collins to Kansas city uh, with the full intention of, of starting a career in music. Um, what year was this? 2016. Okay. Yep. So I've been here five years now and um, yeah, I moved, I moved to Kansas city, started making music. Um, for some reason I found 
immediate, what is it? Pathos, immediate success with my, with uh, like the first song that I wrote, like was like immediately got notoriety and, um, roll like thunder, roll like thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where did you record? What, where'd you record that at? And then how did you go about releasing it? Cause I'm just curious how it caught on so yeah. quickly. Cause you, from a gospel singer, hitchhiker hmm. to all of a sudden, yeah, just throw a song out there in the digital, in the yeah. audio digital world, you know? Yeah, it was, yeah, I recorded it in my bedroom, you know, and I, I can go back and pull, I, I pull open the file because I'm, I'm an audio, I'm like, I'm a music producer now. I'm a, I'm a musician. I, I make music for a living now. And so I've gotten way better than I was. <laughs> yeah. And I pulled course. open that file a couple months ago and dude, you can hear cars passing on the street outside of my window oh, you can yeah. hear birds chirping you know in my i'm just in a bedroom you know um there's a bass guitar on that song and that's just my acoustic guitar like octave pitched down you know it was like just a funny like oh. i just made it work but i recorded it i was like wow this is really pretty i showed it to my neighbor and we were friends you know and they were they were like this is incredible we you've got us in this to, to the radio and i was like i don't okay but i have no idea how to do that um so send it to the radio they liked it and they played it and so at this point like a local like, station yeah um, like, okay the bridge oh yeah chris wow. Hagirian over no, at the bridge serious. yeah i love the bridge and um and all of a sudden i was like wow but this is w working or like it's it's go something's happening um so i released it on spotify spotify added it to one of their curated playlists that has a lot of followers. Mm. So in one day it got like a hundred thousand listens. Totally. It went to like 14 on the viral, like the U S viral charts, you know, oh, on Spotify, wild. you know, all of a sudden. And I'm just like, what, what, you know? Yeah. Um, but it gave me a lot of confidence. And so I kept writing, kept recording. Let me ask you, cause I love lyrics. Okay. Mm. So I'm, mm. I'm kind of, I, yeah, I have to love, love the sound, but then I dive in, I stick with the lyrics. Totally. Like this, this line roll like thunder yep. leak, like fire. Yep. Um, and then you kind of end with this refrain of I've made mistakes. We've all yep. made mistakes. Mm -hmm. So sound like a relationship maybe that you let go that mm -hmm. you're like, Hmm, but I think interesting reflect. I love the lines there. Roll like thunder, leak like fire. Yeah. That's a cool. Yeah. The image. line is the line. It's not leak. It's lick, lick. but I say it oh, weirdly. So I was looking on the, uh, someone led you astray. Well, when I was looking on my iTunes, you know how you can pull up the, yeah. the lyrics yeah. it said leak. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. No, like you're fire. no judgment. So that, yeah, makes, yeah. so that makes more sense to me now. Yeah, I was thinking fire. Lips. Yeah. No, yeah, I kept I, thinking like, okay, leak how do like, you, yeah, you're like, how that, do you, you're like fire would how leak. You, how do you do that? Yeah. And, but it, it but anyway, so lick like fire makes way more sense to me now. So um, I, was, I was tracking. Yeah. Anyway, but still a relationship. Was, yeah. Know? It was a relationship. I honestly writing that song, I think was me letting go. It was the process of me letting go of a relationship that was really meaningful to me. Um, and you know, and like we were even talking about earlier, I think there was shame in there. And it was, there was in the second verse where it's like, you know, I've made mistakes and we've all made mistakes and kind of coming back to this thematic idea of, you know, roll like thunder, lick like fire and fall like the rain. It was like, I was, you know, just trying to paint a picture of this grandiose sort of environment 
like what what because i felt like really huge i felt all of these huge things and i was trying to make sense of that and put words to it and as the choruses happen in one chorus that that kind of line the roll like thunder and look like fire is kind of a call an invitation and the other one is kind of this recognition of this other person being experienced by me as as massive as thunder rolls as tot as totally as rain falls as as ferocious as fire licks it's like that you know and in the second you know and then in another chorus it kind of has a, a whole different meaning where it's like another invitation where it's like hey we can all be be that like this is life like we can be this big and um it was a good writing process and it really did help me move on from a relationship mm -hmm. that you know was my the first person that I ever really fell in love with, mm -hmm. you know, as a adolescent, you know, f finding adulthood. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a wildly empathetic and emotional individual. And so those things stick with me, you know? Yes. I can relate. <laughs> Think all the time, overthink everything. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. So cool. Um, so then I noticed, uh, I, I have a couple of questions about a couple, like a couple of songs that you did after this one. Okay. Did you release an, you, you released some singles, right? And yes. like 16, 17. Yes. And I noticed, um, yes, the, like the single, uh, circle of life mm -hmm. and born again mm -hmm. were there's, uh, is it Jace, Jason Taylor, Jay Taylor, who, who was, I might have got this name wrong. You're fine. Jay Taylor, Jay Taylor is the artist's name of my brother, Jordan. Oh, see, Jordan. I, that, wrote, I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, totally fine. Taylor's his middle name. Um, okay. And uh, Jordan wrote the song Born Again, um, which that song is so, so powerful. This song Born Again is holy crud it's yeah it's, we got, we're gonna have to talk about this no absolutely a little bit but but circle of life was did you write that with your brother mm -hmm. so this is so jay taylor is jordan thompson's yep right song singer songwriter name yes okay yes all right yes now i understand yeah no, yeah and it's not obvious and I, I think there's almost like some yeah it's it's yeah it's not don't yeah i didn't no judge that from over here yeah yeah so um yeah, so Circle of Life is beautiful too. Thank you. And uh and then this Born Again song. Let's yeah. let's chat about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, let's chat. Yeah. Cuz I always like to figure out if I'm hearing it the way you guys were writing it. And of course, I know with music it's always a part of the fun is the way other people hear it, right? The way other people experience it. Mm -hmm. Not always the same as I've preached sermons before where people get something out of them. I go, "You know that does not wasn't even in my mind right you know, right right it's right. <laughs> like but are you listening I, to me but i won't yeah but i'm not going to take it away from you <laughs> exactly yeah, unless it's like it's, an egregious sort of misunderstanding exactly <laughs> i really uh, loved the part of your sermon where you said we should all do xanax <laughs> and drink like no 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 combine please, it with alcohol please it's amazing no, please <laughs> Oh God. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, I want to pay, I, I want to make sure to pay all of the like homage and respect to my brother in terms of this, because born again was one that he wrote completely. Um, 
So I'm just going to say, if you haven't heard Born Again and you're listening to this, like hit pause, go listen to it, and then come back and let it listen to us talk about this. Yeah. Because the lyrics are just so well, amazing the, and, and the other so thing, haunting, you know? The other thing is, is if you want, we can, we can place that song in here, you know? We can do that. We can do we that. We can do that. So, right. I, I mean, and Matt can yeah. help us. Yeah. Thank you. 
I think I think you probably I think I'm curious what you think about it. But I imagine that you have a good grasp on what's happening. So you want me to go first or you want to go first? I want you to go first because <laughs> I um if I go first, I'll be speaking for my brother with no con with just a broad context. If you uh -huh. go first, I can respond and be like, what would Jordan say? <laughs> yeah. And and if I'm completely off track, it's okay, right? You guys, you just, you guys let me know because I was curious. But so, I mean, a lot of people that are listening maybe have followed my story a little bit. And like the first blog I released back nine months ago um, was called The Prodigal Pastor. And then the second blog was Deconstructing Fred. And I, in both of those blogs, I shared about how in 2019, I literally felt like an atheist. I felt like all my beliefs had been shattered. And I mean, here I was, I'd been a pastor and had been preaching for 40 years, right? And, you know, so, um, so I hear this song, Born Again, and the lyrics, they, they, not, not I or we, but they pray in your holy name. They pray in your holy name, singing amen. And then they worship your holy name. They worship your holy name. Never be the same. Never be the same. So this is these, these refrains with amen and beautiful harmonies yeah. and the acoustic guitar. Whoever's doing guitar. That's Jordan. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. But then you go into this thing I'm, um, that kind of blends into this, I'm walking without you. Mm -hmm. It's never been this way. Mm -hmm. I'm walking without you now, born again. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking about my own deconstruction when I'm hearing this, and I'm thinking about this, to me, is ringing like this, this thing of deconstruction that we go through. So like now knowing your background, your church background, and all that kind of stuff, I'm I'm guessing that that you guys that maybe it's dealing with some kind of a deconstruction of faith, uh, some kind of shattering of a faith 
mm-hmm. perspective yeah. that then ultimately emerges into a new space that you don't maybe really know where it's going to take you, but it almost feels like you're born again in a new kind of reverse way of how people have used that term for so many, so, so many ways. Yeah. I also thought it could be, you know, I mean, sometimes people combine sort of these worship words about relationships could be a, you, know, you worship a woman, you love oh, this sure. woman, but then you, sure, you sure. leave her and Jeff you're Buckley never going to be yeah. the same, you know, and you're, now you're <laughs> born again me. because you're <clears throat> yeah. leaving her. You know what I mean? But anyway, I took it as a faith thing. Uh, and it cert, man, I just, uh, I just, I've listened to it a dozen times. It's just in a week, you know, just it's going through my heart. It, the song makes me cry. You know, it's one of those ones that, you know, I just, I feel is connected to, um, a really personal and, and deep, deep rooted, I think, um, trauma in a sense for me, um, you're definitely spot on. And, and I think, I think we should connect you with Jordan so you can have Jordan on because I think you two would, would really get along well and, and he could speak on the song for himself. But, um, I think you're, I think you're spot on inside of the, I think the idea was to use language that, um, use language that is you know from our from from my past and from his past you know inside of this very religious world um like use that language to try to to try to communicate and express the relationship and the experience of moving from a relationship with um Christianity, God, Jesus, Christ, the Lord, whatever. Um, out of that, and and then and and then in a way, like finding your way back in, so much so that you can use that language again, and it have a deeper context for yourself, you know, hmm. and um, yeah, I th- I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful piece, you know, and I, I really don't want to, you know, I don't want to speak on it in a way that does that isn't doing it proper justice. And I know Jordan would be able to speak on it yeah. so well. Um, I'd love to talk to him, but it's one where we never, you know, we never really had to talk about it. He showed me the song and I, you know, and I, I it immediately made me cry just because it was, it, there was, it's almost man like this. Because for me, like, as a kid, I was obsessed with being good. I was suspicious that I was the second coming of Jesus. I think as a lot of Christian kids are at some point, you know, there's this idea where you're like, wait a second, I am, I'm really good. And I'm trying really hard. And I don't, I don't think, you know, for me, it was like, it was a very serious thing. We like we idolized the people in scripture that were good and we wanted to be that and I wanted to be that. And I thought to myself, like, I can do it better than anybody. I know that, you know, Jesus can see inside of your mind and your thoughts and even what you think about is liable to be judged, to be 
um, written down in the book and brought back up after you die. And why did you think that thought? And so I would police my mind, you know, mm -hmm. and just really, I was like really, really trying. And, you know, man, I, like it took on a lot of responsibility as a kid. It took on a lot. And there was this inside of that song, there was almost this, um, like, I feel like I got to love myself and I got to give a little bit of compassion to a younger version of Jake that I historically have been maybe kind of hard on have a lot of shame around at the very least you know and and feeling like um feeling like i wasted my childhood being concerned with whether or not i was going to die and go to hell you know and out of that i think breeds like a lot of breeded a lot of resentment towards my my parents and my grandparents and my family, the culture that I grew up in, anyone and everyone who is a Christian, um, like, like a lot of resentment because there's so much, there was so much trial. Like I was like, you're the fucking people that lied to me and took away my childhood because you didn't, because you were too afraid to say, I don't know, to say I'm uncertain. You were so afraid you needed Santa Claus Jesus to come in and promise you eternal bliss after you die because you're afraid that your life isn't doesn't mean anything. And so you shaped my child's brain, my my childhood brain. You know, and like all of this anger, like all of this anger around that. And and in a sense, I think the song is this sort of like release, this breath out that's like I am disconnected from the thing that you think I'm talking about and I'm connected to the thing that is actually that's 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 real inside of what you're talking about. I'm you know, I'm walking without you born again. And I don't know, it was um maybe I shouldn't speak on it any more than that. I think I think I think Jordan would be the one to that's awesome. Go further, you know. Well, so powerful. Um like, yeah, we might, uh, yeah, that if I just really encourage people to listen to that song, beautiful, beautiful. You know, one of my, one of my things with just what I've gone through here was, um, that we, we have to give space for people to go through these deconstructions. Right. Um, and I, I don't think, I don't think the church always does a good job with that. Like if, like, like if a Job is actually in the church, and he's like, like, uh, he's lost everything. He's deconstructing everything. And it's like, you know, Hey man, I, I'm a pretty righteous dude. And all this shit's happening to me. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm losing everything, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, uh, and God's justice is on the line and where's he, you know? And, and so there, there's actually the Psalms of lament. Mm-hmm. Actually, like this thing that Jesus quoted on the cross when he was hanging on the cross was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then the second verse of that Psalm 22 is I'm, I'm praying and you're not, you're not answering. Like it's a whole, it's a whole Psalm of ripping on God. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it's right there, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's the one that he quotes from the cross. And so I'm like, I, it's just my thing is we, we've got to give space for people 
of all ages, right? And I wouldn't have thought, I wouldn't have anticipated my own deconstruction at such a late point in life, but to give space for people to go through and question and doubt and re-examine and let it all fall apart and then, and then, but be there for them in the midst of that. And then, and then stuff comes back and you don't, it's, it's, it's different mm. when it comes back. It's different. So like, I like that. The fact that you said, you know, you could, you could sing some of these things again, but it meant something different. Mm. Right. Yeah. But I think that's a part of the process. And I, I think, I think we all go through that at some point at some time and maybe even multiple times in life. I know I, here I am, you know, I'm a, you know, I was one of the leaders in this community and all of a sudden I go through this and people don't know what to do with that. Like, well, God, is Fred saved anymore? I don't know. You know what? <laughs> right. I, yeah. You know, my, I, I thought about, when I was listening to this song. I had an image pop into my mind is like my, I was on, I was on a boat, you know, captain of the ship and my ship hits the rocks and just shatters into a thousand pieces. And it's just driftwood everywhere. And I'm out there just treading water, mm -hmm. just about ready to drown, trying to grab a few pieces of boat, see if I can reassemble something and get myself back afloat. But that's kind of how I feel in the midst of all this thing. And uh, I don't know what it's going to look like, you know. And so and so this song hit me at that spot. And actually, I was listening to this song and that that metaphor came to my mind of my own life. You know, this, this wrecked ship with pieces, of, a wooden ship, right? With pieces of wood just everywhere floating. And are you are you resent? Are you resentful to the, to the so, church? I mean to the well, people so, to the that to that i mean you said yeah. you know is fred saved anymore like so is this i was okay? like, more my my anger and resentments uh i've have been some of them been was were toward god himself like hey i was a friend of god and i prayed for years to you know not screw up like this i prayed <clears> millions <throat> of prayers you know not to fall and he doesn't answer and he doesn't hear and you know and then i blow it and then and then you know so then so that was a big one so i had that going on and then i had uh i had certain yeah i certainly had certain resistances certain individuals for sure yeah but at myself mostly like i i because i held a high standard so like you were talking about you as a kid <clears throat> and your goodness as a kid and so i would have thought you know i lived a high standard had a high standard for myself and then i f i crumbled mm. And I was mad at myself for crumbling. And so then the shame, like I was just overwhelmed with shame for a year and still still really not completely out of the woods on the shame component, all that stuff. So sure. I'm still a work in progress. My sure. Friend. Anyway, that's me. But but that song uh, hit me right where I've been the last two and a half years. So isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's awesome. How I'm, songs do that. Yeah, I'm really people. glad that I'm I'm really glad that it connected to you. It connected to me as well. You know, it's funny as I was thinking about that song today. I haven't thought about it in a long time and I was thinking about huh. it today. Um, Interesting. But um yeah, a beautiful, a beautiful song. Yeah, man, I'm I'm I mean, that's so interesting. I think I think for me, I you know, I hear your, I hear your story and I kind of hear those experiences and kind of how you parse through it, being angry at God, being angry at yourself, maybe having trouble differentiating between the two at, at points, you know, I imagine, 
And absolutely. It's like, you know, I don't know. There, there, I almost get, there's, I have like, I, I saw myself like having an emotional response almost for you, you know, where it's like, I, just because it feels connected, you know, it's like, I see, there are so many stories. I see so many people where it's like the church just like, doesn't take care of people like at all, unless you're doing the thing or, unless you're willing to kind of bend over in a way and like repent for your like sins. And to me like that from an, I like from a really fundamental place, I just find that like, like very damaging, very um, cancerous, like very erosive, you know? And like, even looking at your story where it's like you, um, you have these experiences, you, find yourself inside of an addiction that um, effectively, um, would you say that is the catalyst of your marriage ending? Wow. Let's, yeah. Is so my, too, is my so my, no, it's, I've talked about this in a really careful way, but my marriage had problems from the get go. Like I met my former wife when I was 19, dated a year and engaged a year. And, you know, got married very young and then very early uh, there were issues going on. So I think, I think probably what happened was the Xanax and alcohol, uh, caused my self discipline, um, to erode. Okay. And then I acted out in ways that I probably, probably would have acted out years ago had I not been so rigid in my belief system. If so that makes sense to you. Totally. Yeah. So, so, you know, so you have these experiences, you have these addictions that, you know, do just that kind of like the discipline falls, whatever mm -hmm. it brings up, you know, it's not to say that it is fully responsible for everything that happened. But my point is, is like all of these things happen and the church I have found is so good at just saying that's wrong. Just saying that's wrong you shouldn't have you shouldn't yeah, have, you, you shouldn't drink alcohol you, you shouldn't up. do xanax <laughs> you shouldn't um you should you know um um adhere to all of the all of the sort of sanctity sort of points of of your commitment to your wife etc cetera, etc cetera. and they just go that's wrong and now we don't know what to do really to reconcile your badness other than to say you're bad and it's okay because maybe it's okay because like, because you can repent and be forgiven. And my, and from my point of view, like nothing that you did was bad. Like, I don't think there's any, I don't, I don't really think there's such thing as wrong. I think what you did caused exactly what it caused. And the only people saying it's bad are the people wishing that some other thing would have happened. But I don't see any law or any rule that says you can't um, become an alcoholic and drink yourself to death. There's no rule. There's no universal rule that says that you're like, you're allowed to do that and to call it that maybe this is too, like, maybe this is way too much and too broad. But the thing that I'm like interacting with in my life at this moment is getting rid of this idea of, of good and bad. 
you can make the decision that you're going to make the decisions that you're going to make and they're going to have the consequences exactly as the, as as they have but we're the ones that create meaning all of this like to like inside of all of it and i don't know I'm, i imagine you and i may disagree about this but i i just find that there's these like the idea of sort of c.s lewis's sort of innate morality doesn't work for me it just doesn't seem that doesn't seem um it doesn't seem real yeah i think i i think that living in this paradigm of you know good and evil um like so i one one thing that i had to look at was like you know you grow up and as a bible teacher and you listen to paul and you have this old nature you know you you know this Mm -hmm. like die daily yeah and you're supposed to die to it well Mm -hmm. i i all the negative feelings that i had throughout my life as a pastor Mm -hmm. and in my marriage Mm -hmm. i just tried to suppress them tried to you know i i whether whether it be my sexuality which had no outlet or whether it be you know all these things that i just suppress 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 control 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 my own stuff and in the end uh xanax and alcohol helped all of those negative things that i had suppressed for 40 years just blow out right like Mm -hmm. blow out like i was off the rails dude and uh, i believe you and so there's a there's a part of of that that i've had to look back on and go okay if if you looked at all the pieces and all the way that i was dealing with all those people it was gonna happen it was actually gonna happen you know what i mean and then what and what would i have learned along the way if i'd had a different view of looking at those negative things that were a part of my life if i had a surfaced them looked at them talked about them when you say negative things like like, i just want to make sure i understand that like anger lust uh resentments all these things things that were going on in my life that um you know things that i was not supposed to let take over you know but those things had something to say to me and yes so like the integrate so it's interesting to me like in the uh a lot of in the Christian tradition, it's like you just, you die to those things. But there's other traditions that when you look at the shadow self, mm-hmm. your, your shadow part, mm-hmm. which we all, you know, these, these contradictions, the things that we want to hide from people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of traditions that look at those things and try to integrate your shadow self. Don't look at it as bad or evil or good or whatever, but just it's you. It's a part of you. What are you going to, how are you going to integrate that into your whole life? And right. To, to me that there's things that I needed to do that with that I didn't. And because I was in this, this good, bad framework of even myself, even how I looked at my own thoughts, totally. my own feelings, my own issues that were me, it was yeah. a part of me. Yeah. So I was, was literally cutting myself off from a part of me because I was trying to die to me, yep. a part of me that didn't need to be died to, but right. needed to be listened to. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense or not. But it yeah. totally makes sense. And I think, <laughs> I think, I wasn't expecting to get I, philosophical. And I think either. the important like <laughs> distinction, I, I think the really important distinction inside of that sort of like the, the, as you said, a good and evil or the right and wrong is like, as I think about it is like, of course, like there is such thing as a means to a goal. Of course, there's such thing as a means to like, like I think of good as like a function, um, 
It's, it's, it's not a rule. It's a function. What is good for you to stay the pastor of the church that you started was to not um, drink or, and do Xanax. What was good for you to be on this podcast doing this right now was for you to drink and do Xanax. Okay. What is good for the human race is, is the, the maximum amount of thriving individuals, human people as possible. I think what is good for the earth is probably a mass exodus of all human life since we are literally, literally probably the most damaging thing to the earth. The idea of good and evil, the idea of good and bad is like kind of all function. And, and so in my mind, I'm like, I don't mind calling something good. I don't mind saying, hey, um, I have a goal to be a successful musician that makes my living creating music. What is good to the mean to the end of that goal is probably relatively rigid. It's probably somewhat defined but to say that my goal to be a musician your goal to be a podcaster or a preacher or the earth to live or it to or the humans to thrive those goals themselves have no grounding inside of anything that is universally true like in my in my opinion obviously that kind of i feel like comes to this point of like okay is like are humans special because we're conscious like do we have something special because if so then it's like okay then everything else in the universe is like one step of value below preserving conscious sentient human people and if that's the case then yeah we can maybe write rules about morality but i i but that doesn't seem most likely to me to it's so you know so i've always loved science mm. and um and what, and some of the books I've been reading lately are from uh, neuroscientists. Cool. Neuroscience of the brain stuff. And David Eagleman is one of my favorites, um, but uh, brilliant guys. And so, yeah, you get in. You, th this is like when you deal with, you know, like evolution and, and humanity and all, all these big, big questions. I love these questions. So um, so it's fun to hear a musician you know, <laughs> trying to wrestle with. Um, with some of the deepest issues like you know what is ultimate reality and what is good and evil and you know, where where is all this lie and how does it how does how do humans you know in this third rock from the sun mm -hmm. <laughs> you know this, you, uh, this incredible think about all these these planets out there in the universe that you know, we don't think have life on them. And then you just got this third rock from the sun and there's all this life right. just teeming on right. this planet. Right. Right. It's like, what the hell? Right. How does this happen? It's, right. it's this crazy thing just spinning around in the universe with life on it. You know, have you ever heard the song? Did you know the artist Joe Pug? No, I don't. there's this artist um, called Joe Pug and he has a song called Him 35. I believe it is. Okay. And if you get a chance, you should, you should listen okay. to it. But it was, it was kind of diving into that idea. And there's this line in the song um, that just says, um, it's like, I will do wrong. I have done wrong. There's nothing wrong with doing wrong. You know, and it's this like, in, in context of the song is this really sort of profound idea of like, oh, there's nothing wrong with any of it. Like I am, I am responsible to create the thing that I think is most valuable. The thing that I want to prioritize. Mm -hmm. And, 
in the journey to the dark side, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, my own deconstruction and my own off the rail stuff is like learning from all of that and seeing and ha having that emerge back into my life as something meaningful. What is do you mean? Like having like what the, emerge back into your life? All of the stuff that I just went through. Mm. However, oh, people would want to label all of that. Recreating it as. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Like letting that come back in into my life in meaningful, redemptive ways for Is me it? and for other people. And, you know, this conversation wouldn't have been happening if I hadn't gone through that. You know, Dude, I think that's one of the most <laughs> difficult, like, truths for me to get with is that, like, unfortunately, what I have come to find out about myself, and I think it's true for everyone, is that the most, the most painful experiences offer an opportunity for growth absolutely that, that's fucking sucks i know man. i hate it <laughs> i do too man and it's like you know because i barely because feel like i'm you, gonna get out of it because if you, know? you really believe that what are you gonna do like are you really or like why would you not become is it masochist why yeah. would you not if you really believed that and if your pursuit was to grow as much as possible yeah like it just it sucks to me to there's something pitiful to me this feels wrong about the idea that there's there is value in the most awful shit that you can imagine mm. there is value inside of your life your your ship breaking into driftwood and you're you're drowning you know mm -hmm. and then here we are and it's valuable and it's just like I, in my mind i'm like fuck you i went through a I went through a breakup last year mm -hmm. that was by far the most meaningful relationship of my life. R really like, you know, the, I, my heart was broken. That's the archetype, you know, mm -hmm. et cetera. Mm -hmm. There's that song by the national where it's like, um, I am, I am the television version of a person with a broken heart. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it felt like that, you know, and I, and I am 50 times, cooler and a better person and more grounded and know myself better and and uh, like i am so much more jake because of that mm. and yet still it's painful now you know mm -hmm. and i'm like like that there's something really sad to me about that mm. kind of disappointing kind of discouraging a little bit it, and i know it's supposed to feel hopeful and redemptive like because in the moment where something terrible is happening maybe you can think to yourself I wonder what good is going to come yeah. of it. You know, yeah, and it's and like, like, how are you going to do that? I'm still in that place where I hope something good comes. Like right. it's I, for the longest time, it's just like, I was like, this, this is crazy. Do you this feel more crazy? Do like, you feel more connected sucks. to yourself now after? I feel like I've, I, there are, you know, there are some good things that have emerged out of it. You know, like I would have never gotten into the recovery community. I wasn't a lifelong alcoholic. You know, most of the people that I hang out with in the recovery community have been um, 20, 30 years of, yeah. you know, drugs and alcohol. And I mean, their life is shattered and they've shattered every single person in it. And, yeah. You know, and I, mine, my burn was pretty short yeah. like my xanax alcohol burn was really not that long yeah and it took me down really really fast yeah. but when i got into those rooms with people 
And it didn't matter if they were gay or straight or black or white or Buddhist or atheist or Christian. And they sit around a room and you start talking about vulnerably talking about your problems, your struggles, your shit, the things that almost took you out. Something magical happens. Humans connect. There's a connection that's like as good a spirit thing as I've ever seen anywhere. Yeah. Go on. That 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 is beautiful. Yeah. In that broken, the beauty and brokenness, you know, kind of stuff is just amazing. But I, I hope it doesn't feel like disrespectful or trite for me to be speaking on it in such a somewhat of a light way, you know, like I, cause I obviously don't know anything about anything, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm like throwing darts at a cosmic wall here, you know, but it, I, you know, and so I hope that it doesn't feel disrespectful to your experience of like having a much more established life being broken down. And I'm over here going like, I, I was in a breakup, you know, and it hurt my feelings and, you know, and now I'm like talking about this sort of grand idea that so I, I just want to say that, like, I hope it doesn't feel no, like, not at all. That, Cause that's not how I you pain know, is pain. intend it. You know, when we go through it emotionally, it's, it, I don't think it's helpful to compare pains to each other. We each go through our own pain and deconstruction and now that's where we're at and it's deep and it's real and we need we need to walk through it and yeah when people love us and listen and not even necessarily give advice yeah you know just be present with us is powerful yeah in our pain i think is something we human beings need to learn to be good at dude it's so hard it's so hard i have found myself this is something that i'm working on i am more uncomfortable in your discomfort than i am in my own <laughs> interesting you know like so so it leads to it leads to this general fear of of being honest with people i try to orchestrate how people feel because i'm afraid of them feeling bad mm. and so it ends up you know dumb little things in the restaurant you know it's mm -hmm. like how is your food and it's like the food sucks here <laughs> you're you have an uninspired kitchen you, it, it's a terrible dish. I could have made something the exact same way better at my house and it, and it cost me triple to buy it here. And I would never want to be rude to a person, but I say, it's great. Thank you so much. It's great because of, and I know this is like a dumb example, but like this small, it's like this small little prick every time I do it where I'm like, Jake, you know, they're the person that asked for your experience. So if you're not going to answer it honestly, like, why are you even contributing? Like, mm -hmm. why are you even doing that? And it's this fear of being like, if I say it's bad, like, how is that server going to respond? How's this worker going to feel? Right. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Born again. It's a good song. Yeah. So <laughs> let's do this because we're going to, we're going to wrap this up here a little bit. We could talk for, I could actually talk for hours about yeah. philosophy and yeah, me too, life and me all too. that. Like, this is my, <clears throat> I, I can just go for hours with people on this stuff. So I wasn't I, helpful. So actually, probably. I probably rambled way. So no, too I much love there. it. Sorry I love it. That. And I love the fact that we can talk about it. So let me ask, like, let's, I'm going to, we're going to go fast now. Okay. Um, yep. Pull it. So you, you kind of get this song out there and you do some singles, mm -hmm. but you, you pretty much rock it really fast. You, you catch the attention. I don't know. Do you, you apply for the voice, you go on the voice, you work with team Adam and then coming mm -hmm. out of the voice, yep. you did an EP in 2018. Yep. 
you did the uh, Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday morning EP, which yeah. was launching right before COVID and you were getting ready to do tour that. Yeah. And then it just all bloomed. Yeah. So tell us, you know, kind of give us like voice post voice where Jake's at now, what's coming up, what are you, what's in your future and how people can connect with you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I know um, that's a bunch fast. That was a lot. The voice was, <laughs> the voice was insane. I'm glad I got to do it. It's very stressful, high, high stress environment. I, carry a lot of embarrassment around my performance on the voice and my and how I did on the voice. I had a goal for myself that I didn't reach. I feel that I was rightfully let go of on the show after giving a a a performance that I find to be um just objectively terrible in front of millions of people, which was weird because I'm a performer at heart and so like getting with the fact that I'm embarrassed of a thing that I did in front of a lot of people, like very publicly was super tough. Ugh, um, a lot yeah. of shame around that. Yeah. 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 Um, I was supposed to be the Kansas city boy, you know, I was supposed to be the, the guy representing Kansas city on the voice. And then I, I, I got nervous, you know, and I fucked it up and I got off the show again, rightfully, you know, and all of a sudden it was like, um, I felt like I disappointed everybody. I felt like I let everybody down. Um, none more than myself, mm. you know, just, it's this feeling of like, man, I have, I'm Ugh. so much better than that. And that's what I did. And you're going to have to sit with it. Like you got to have, you got to be with that. Um, so it was weird kind of like getting, with and that. you felt like you've, you disappointed the city even. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I disappointed well, my church, one of the largest <laughs> churches in the city. And I felt like I, yeah. There's relatability ah, there. Crazy. There's relatability. Okay, so, yuck. I know that feeling. Anyway. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. And it's <clears throat> like, um, um, you know, and, and truthfully, like right after that, I was, I was struggling. I met this girl um, and she kind of was, she, she was, she like, she, it was like, I went from that stage, you know, it was like feeling like, I, when I was on The Voice, I thought that, oh, shit, I've made it. It's all downhill from here, baby. Like, Conan up next. Here we go. And it's like, no, you, you're very wrong about that, you know, especially if you give the performance I gave, you know. And so then it's like, now I'm having to deal with all of this shame around that. I'm working in restaurants, serving people, and I'll be coming up to a table and someone will say, are you Jake Wells? yeah and they're like oh my god you're so awesome i'm like oh my gosh thank you so much can i can i take that you know plate from you you know and having all of this embarrassment around just hustling and having a job and it was like man i had to i it was so good to be like humbled in that way and be like you know whether like i will have i am music i am successful inside of music and that will continue to grow and like whether that is there or not, like recognizing that when you hustle, like, like it's okay to be, it's okay to do what you need to do. You're not, anyway, there's like humility aspect there that was really important. I met this girl and she like really took me out, like kind of helped me walk through that. It was really important inside of that. And um, that was like super meaningful relationship. Um, and then, um, you know, from there, it was kind of finding my way into finding finding um what i wanted to create and why you know I'm, i i'm gonna create music i have to 
create music. And so what and why? And, um, you know, luckily being, being in that relationship and that relationship ending in particular was inspirational, um, in a lot of ways. (laughs) And so I got to write and, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be where I am. In February of this last year, I started writing custom songs for people. And so I noticed that on your Instagram. Yeah. yeah so I write yeah. custom, custom songs for people, which is absolutely fascinating. So s- like, give me what that, to just expound on that just a minute. Okay. Um, um, you have a traumatic experience. Um, and you need help emotionally processing it. And it was really important and relevant to you. And so you would like to honor it with a song. So you come to me and you say, Jake, I'd like a song that makes me feel hopeful and is redemptive. I want to find beauty inside of this sort of general feeling that I fucked up and I drank a bunch of alcohol and did Xanax and then I'm all this. And is there any way that you could, like that. lots of people, Fred, <laughs> lots of people you're aware. Uh, and you say, can yeah. you please like, can you please like help? Like, can you create a song like mm-hmm. to help, to help me process through this? And I say, absolutely. I ask you a bunch of questions. We go deep. It's a very thera- therapy session. And Interesting. so, yeah. So it looks like, it looks like, Hey, I've got a terrible relationship with my father. Um, he was abusive as a child and I am getting married and um, we have a relationship now after he went through rehab and we've had a relationship, but no song that exists can do it justice for a first dance at our wedding. And so I need a way, I need a song that can recognize the path that we have been on, the trauma that was created, the fact that we consciously chose to move forward. Hmm. And I need to, and I need that song to, so that I can dance with him at my wedding. Can you make that? And I wow. say, and I say, yes. So interesting. That's beautiful. It's, dude, it's incredible. Huh. Everyone is walking around with insane amounts of trauma. Everyone is walking around. Everyone is walking around with massive amounts of trauma and sadness and things that they don't know how to. They don't hmm. know how to reconcile. They don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And music is creates a space that allows us to interact with emotions that would otherwise feel very dangerous. And it lets us interact and look at those emotions in a very safe place. It gives us the ability to be compassionate towards those emotions, mm-hmm. towards the self-hatred. Right. Yeah. You know, and I get to be the conduit that says, "Hey, I am really good." I'm, I'm really good at empathizing. I know I can see, I can, when you're telling me about your thing, I can go there as much as I can, but I think very well. Mm -hmm. I, I, and I'm very good at taking that experience and saying, what does that sound like? Mm -hmm. What does it sound like? And then I create that and it's, um, it's been incredible. That's cool. I love that. So that's what I'm up to now. If you want to connect yeah. with me, that the best way is through. Um, and I also have a band, where, you know, where we rock out. Yeah, uh, we're called the Dirty Magicians. I saw that. And that's, so I love that. Um, and so a lot of like blues, um, funk, rock, gospel influence that we just we that's just fun rock stuff, out, dude. I love it. So we're playing a show with the Greeting Committee in on August seventh. Um, that'll be a, I think it's called E H Young Park. 
it's this big show i think from the city of riverside is putting it's the the you know mm-hmm. riverside is putting it on um called loud and local we're creating music as the band i'm writing all of these songs for individuals with my brother jordan we're putting out an album under jake wells with all of those songs uh, hopefully soon or early fall hopefully okay. and if you want to connect yeah instagram this is probably the the most active place that i exist like on social media at jake wells yeah just you can yeah it's the, the if wells. you care it's at underscore jake underscore wells underscore okay. but if you type in jake wells i'm sure you You're can get it you can do the yeah do the work awesome awesome well, man, we could, we, we could, really could, man, because could I could already tell like, we, we didn't even, <laughs> we didn't even scratch the surface of, of my yeah. like ludicrous yeah. ideas. Yeah, no, I saw you holding your breath there while I was, <laughs> I appreciate that. That's uh no, it's great. I love these conversations. <laughs> oh, so, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to thank you for coming on the spirituality adventures yeah. and um, appreciate you sharing uh, part of your life with us. I love the storytelling part of this and and so i really i really appreciate it. and i i think i think there could be a part two yeah these days i'd yeah, love totally. that so and i need to get you connected to my brother as well so okay Joel, i think you'd really really that like that awesome. a lot all right well thanks everybody to tuning in to spirituality adventures and we will see you next time this concludes today's episode thanks for tuning in and listening remember if you're watching on youtube subscribe to my youtube channel Remember to like, share, or subscribe to the social media platform that you're using. And then go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, and make a one-time donation. Or you can subscribe monthly and receive our special bonus content. Thanks so much.